0: It's the Dubai Property Podcast for news, interviews and market trends.
1: Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Dubai Property Podcast, talking real estate right around the UAE and, of course, available on Spotify this morning, Apple and wherever you get your podcasts from. As our weekend continues, it is a Sunday morning in Dubai, December the 10th, just a couple of days left for COP28. Finishing up on the 12th, we talked about just how many people have flown in, over 75,000 people. So lots of people, lots of talking, of course, and we will wait to see what happens over the next two to three years in terms of action. You know, talk is great, but action is even better. Well, I certainly hope that the weekend is going great wherever you are. And coming up this morning, we are going to be taking a look back at some of the stories and interviews with our seven days of real estate. And just a reminder our email address is by Property Podcast at gmail.com. And good morning to you, Kieran, in Glasgow. You wanted to tell us that you're listening along with your mate Patrick, and you're hoping. To make the move to Dubai within the the next year. So keep us updated there, Karen. Nice to have you listening this morning. And one of the stories this week was Aldar's Nikki Beach Residences in Russell Kamar. They sold 420 beachfront properties. Well, they say in just two days after the launch, 87% of buyers were overseas or expats with 60% under 45. That's an interesting stat. And phase one, oh yeah, phase one success, they say, led to the release of an additional 150 units to meet ongoing demand. I sort of liken this a little bit to a singer who has finished a concert only to come back for an encore. You know, the marketing wizardry of real estate property developers is always interesting to watch. And if you're wanting to come to Dubai as a real estate agent, coming up with our seven days, there is some advice from Jasmine, who I caught up with earlier in the week. And we also cover off. Quite a few other talking points for the week of the Dubai Property Podcast, and that is all on the way next.
0: We are more than just a real estate podcast, we cover a multitude of subjects, including property data, current buyer seller sentiment, and the mood of the market. Follow each week all of the main talking points and know your property.
1: And the new island still doesn't have a name. Of course, it's attracting casinos. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of activity around this one.
2: Yeah, I think as you said there, you know, it's attracting casino brands. Is I expect to be the right phrase at this moment in time. There's no uh, official launch of the word casino on the island yet, but I think that at the moment, you know, we're we're still waiting on bated breath here and whether there will be sort of gaming on this island. I can only imagine there will, but you know, from a from a Dubai government position to launch this to have these big brands. So I would imagine that, you know, gaming will follow in the not too distant future. Let's see.
3: Yeah, as Matthew says, the Caesars Palace has been here five years now. I think their expectation was that we're going to get their gaming license. They haven't. So they have now left Dubai. It is the elephant in the room, I think. Like we say, we've got these big brands that are, you know, well known for the position they have in Vegas coming to Dubai, but still no confirmation one way or the other. You know, the government haven't said they will have their casino licenses, but they also haven't said, that they won't so I think that's the big question mark I was looking at um, some forums the other day kind of just general opinions about it it doesn't seem a hugely popular idea at the moment the artist impressions do look impressive but I think some of the questions are you know what is it going to do to the traffic in that area what's it going to do to the skyline obviously the Burj Al Arab is very iconic sits along that beach um, so, this is going to be just a little bit further down. It will affect that skyline quite, quite massively. And, you know, what's it going to do to tourism? Is it going to change the holiday styles and the people that travel here? There's a lot to be seen, I think. And what about
1: your friends, Maddie? Is this something that people are sort of uh, excited about, particularly maybe that sort of 20s, early 30s? Are people sort of saying, hey, this is going to be fantastic for us?
3: I don't think so. (laughs) No, Um, I want to be excited about it, but I don't think I am. I think when you think about Vegas, it's a very different type of travel experience. You associate it with the gambling, probably the partying. I think Dubai at the moment offers something else. So whether that changes a little bit for the better or the or worse.
1: And here's a question for you, Maddie: Has Dubai reached the top of the market when it comes to property, or is the peak behind us? Now, many people are commenting on what the market is doing right now and where the real estate, the local real estate market, is heading for next year, for 2024. Now, some people are suggesting that the property market still has a way to go, including the odd billionaires. So what are you hearing out there?
3: Yeah, I think we've still got a little way to go on this. Looking at the statistics, comparing them back to the last time, so 2014 when we reached this peak, it's, it's different this time around. Prices were shooting up last time, you know, kind of 2 3% per month this time it's been more gradual it's happened over the course of three years at a much more sustainable rate Matt mentioned the steps that the government made last time to kind of slow it down get it back under control they're not showing any signs of trying to manage it in that way this time you know it's the demand is there they want to keep the demand there they're you know, we've got targets in regards to increasing the population. So yeah, I think we I think we've still got a way to go. I think twenty twenty four will still see increases, probably at a slightly more kind of slower controlled pace, but I think we've still got a way to go.
1: Yeah, so we'll just see how that plays out, of course, particularly in Q1 of 2024. And Matty, if you had more money than you knew what to do with, when you bought yourself a mansion, how important do you think would be a view of the ocean? Or would you forego that view of the ocean for seclusion and privacy? Because this seems to be a growing trend and the billionaires really, really want the the privacy over the view. So how is that playing out with the types of units that you are dealing with?
3: Yeah, there definitely seems to be this increase in demand in the villa community. I think that's for a number of reasons off the back of COVID. Obviously, a lot more people were spending more time at home, working from home, um, enjoying their family time and their peace and quiet. So we're definitely seeing this level of demand in those communities. We're not seeing such an increase in the new builds over there. Um, The developers still seem to be focusing largely on apartments. So it'd be interesting to see if they pick up on that over the next year or two and start focusing more on those kind of units.
0: Don't forget to subscribe. We have so many episodes all designed to help you better understand the constantly evolving and dynamically changing real estate property market as
1: I mentioned, this is an interesting article talking about the the oversupply worries which is being countered by some real estate experts. So, yeah, what do you kind of make of that in terms of, you know, where there is some some of these concerns?
2: I mean, there's always concern of oversupply when you have the sort of frenetic movement that the real estate market in Dubai has been has- pretty much delivered this year. We went to some information gathering event over the last few days. and, And there they mentioned that projects were being launched pretty much once every 24 hours throughout 2023. So that's a lot of launches. Now the upshot is that we found out that today we're actually still okay, but that's due to the sort of net migration of people coming to the UAE. So the oversupply is probably the biggest worry to the real estate market. But as long as we continue to attract uh, individuals to come and live to Dubai and take up the slack, then actually Dubai is going to be okay. It's something that we have to keep an eye on. I mean, yes, the luxury segment always only brings in, you know, 10s, 20s, 30s, as you said, even up to 50 units. So you don't get these two, three, four, five hundred 500 units of, of apartments and and townhouses when, when you're building bigger, uh, more luxurious uh, units, especially if we're talking about villas. So as um, more and more that we launch these uh, luxury units, you will see that they're actually going to be a smaller uh, unit number. Ticket number size is always going to be huge, obviously, but it is something to keep an eye on. And I'm, I'm not surprised that uh, developers are actually looking at the whole thing. Developers are actually the best barometer to gauge what's going to happen. You know, uh, the amount of commission they pay agents, how f- frequently they launch, what do they launch? If you keep an eye on what developers are doing, it gives you a good indication of potentially where the market is going because they know No, they have their finger on the pulse.
1: Mm, And of course, you talk about the the population. I mean, that is one of the the biggest challenges that Dubai faces, is meeting the population growth plan, aiming for that 5.8 million residents by 2040. It's fast approaching, of course. So, you know, so long as people keep coming, there will be people to buy. But if it starts to dry out, different story and interesting locally arrived in home ownership to around 30%, that is reflecting Dubai's shift to a medium to long-term residence for expats, which, uh, you know, it's it's heading in the right direction. It is. And, and it touches on what we spoke
2: about last week, about describing Dubai as a, a maturing market. You know, is it a maturing market? I mean, obviously, that's something that carries on all the time. And for sure, it's becoming, uh, sh- it's shifting. Towards more the end user market rather than just an investor market. I mean, Dubai has always been driven by investors primarily, uh, but now more and more people are, are making it it's making it their home and, and ensuring that it's uh, it's where they want to stay, work and play.
0: The Dubai Property Podcast has all of the leading real estate news every week
1: we were talking about the 5 o'clock uh, people getting up and doing their their exercises uh, going to the gym keeping fit because it's pretty demanding you've got to keep on top of your game
4: yeah exactly it's it's just it's about pressing that gas pedal and making it work you know just go 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 and start your day early in the morning and end late because sometimes you might be talking to international buyers and it's their morning we are always on the go
1: you press the the gas and pedal that's right that's exactly what you've got to do now how much are you enjoying it because it's been a year and a half so uh, I think you're you're making some pretty decent sort of sales aren't you
4: it's been Amazing roller coaster ride. And uh, for some reason, all my deals that I had were quite difficult and a lot of uh, difficult situations that I faced in them. But it was a learning experience. It's amazing. It's very satisfactory because once you see, once you go for the transfer and you see the couples and families, you know, smiling, their smiling faces that, okay, now we're going to move to our own house. I feel like we are the matchmakers
1: of the houses. Okay, so how long did it take? Like after, was it after two, three, four, five deals? What was the number where you thought, I've really got this. I really understand how this all sort of fits together. Was it after the second, third, fourth deal?
4: So I did my first deal in first month and I was really excited about it. But after that, there was a lot of pressure, my own expectations and everyone's expectations And the second deal actually took me another three months to take place. But after that second deal, I was very confident that, okay, I've got this and I can do this.
1: Because the the whole confidence factor, sometimes, you know, somebody is not going to make a deal in the first three, four months, three or four months might go by. And I think, you know, if you're making the contacts, if you're talking real estate, there's plenty of people that you are engaging with. Okay, you might not have made a sale after three or four months, but you're sort of paying it forward. And you can have deals that just suddenly start dropping is that what happened to you
4: yeah yeah basically it's it's like creating a pipeline you have to uh, keep connecting with people you know follow-up is very important because there was one client that I started talking to him when I joined real estate one and a half years ago and just a week ago he bought from me finally so it's all about follow-up and building relationships I would say never go for a quick run like quick uh, win Mm. because that might jeopardize your relationship so it's very important to keep people's interest before your interest in this market because eventually we are just the matchmakers it's them who is putting huge amounts of money to buying their dream home so we have to be very careful it's a huge responsibility. The skyline
0: is constantly changing, growing and expanding. The Dubai Property Podcast for all things real estate.